Welcome to Uncompromised Revival Fire. I'm your host, Caleb Cooper. I'm excited to have my friend on this podcast today, Frank Shelton. In a moment, I'm going to ask him to greet you. But before we do that, I want to just pray over this podcast and I want to invite you to just let Holy Spirit tune your ear in to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in the last day. We live in an urgent hour and we're just believing that God's going to use this podcast to be impactful. And so, Father, I thank you so much for every podcast listener. God, I thank you that we've got Frank Shelton on the line and what he carries, Lord, in the earth, the mantling you've put on his life. And God, I pray that you would wake up the church, that you would use this podcast, God, as a spiritual weapon, Father, to dismantle the powers of darkness, Father, in the airwaves, but also raise up this generation, Father, that's contending for revival and awakening, Father, but they must open their eyes. They must awaken quickly, Father, and recognize, God, that man is calling good evil and evil good, and we live in a tragic hour, God, but we also believe, we believe in the midst of this tragic hour that you're raising up an army, God, that's going to execute kingdom on the battlefield, Lord, and we thank you for that, and we give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I have my friend Frank Shelton. Over 150 years of D.C. police, his ancestors, and I'm sure he'll talk about it, you know, hand-carried the body of Abraham Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln, after the assassination. And there's so much to the life of Frank Shelton. He's very interesting. He's very passionate. He's very, very fiery. He carries something that I think is unique, and I had the opportunity to meet him at Azusa Fest, and if you're not familiar with Azusa, the great Azusa Street Revival of 1906 to 1909. There was a great outpouring there that shook the entire globe. And so we met on the soil of that great revival at Azusa Fest. And so I'm excited to have my friend Frank Shelton. Welcome and go ahead and greet the people. Oh, Pastor, it's an honor to be with you, buddy. I love you and your wife, Erica, and your beautiful kids. And happy uh, birthday to your son. But man, you are doing big things. Thank you for standing for Christ and the Constitution. I want to thank all of your uh, listeners, and and I'm a big fan of uh, Steve Strang and then Charisma and everybody, so it's just my honor to be with you today. Well, thank you, Frank. We we feel the same way, and and I I, I so appreciate um, what you're doing right now. You've got a new book that's going to be released very soon called Urgency. And when I think of the word urgency, I, I immediately think of the importance of just the swift action. The church is going to have to respond quickly concerning what's happening in the earth. And so you've been really led by Holy Spirit. He stirred your heart to write, a, I believe, a powerful book, a transformational book that's going to be utilized. But why, why urgency? Why did you feel the need to call it urgency? And then you've got this picture of an hourglass on the front that I think is eye-catching and it's going to really just draw people's attention to see that time is running out. But maybe speak to that for just a moment. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Well, number one, the hourglass, you know, the Rolex watch is a beautiful piece of art. I may get sued, but I'm going to preach it hot. Uh, it's a terrible form of time, in my opinion. You know, the the Rolex is incredible. It's unlike any watch in the world as far as you can tell a counterfeit and the real one by this easy Um just attribute every watch in the world, Seiko, Timex, Breitling, every second hand hesitates like every watch in the world. The genuine authentic Rolex watch, it doesn't skip, it doesn't hesitate, it's perpetual motion. 
Now, wow. it is a beautiful piece of art, but terrible form of time. I like the two old school measures, the sundial that would actually just point towards the sun, because when you look at the sun, you know what time it is. And I'm not talking S-U-N, I'm talking S-O-N. Come on. And I like the old hourglass from Days of Our Lives soap opera. My friend was an actress on The Young and the Restless, but the Days of Our Lives had that captivating hourglass that would remind us rich or poor, black or white, atheist or person of faith, uh, that time will run out. And ever since I was born, I either thought I was going to live a short life and leave or God was on his way back. And um, similar to a woman who's getting up in years and her biological clock is ticking, if she's 38, 39, 40, high rent pregnancy, she's probably thinking, if I'm going to have a baby, I better do it now. If you recall in the first Star Wars in 1977, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and Chewbacca and R2-D2 and C-3PO, they're all in the trash compactor, and the walls were closing on on them. And I could feel, as an evangelist, I quit my Capitol Hill job by faith July 27, 2007. I left retirement 401k health insurance to preach the word. Number one, I felt like the Lord said you can reach more people out of Washington than in it. But when I stepped out by faith to do the work of an evangelist, I didn't have a single booking. I left retirement and everything. A lot of people teach faith. I live by faith. And I stepped out by faith. And by God's grace, I've now been in 48 of 50 states. And our TV and radio ministry now is coast to coast. Wilkins Radio, Salem Radio Network has picked it up. The TV ministry is now going to 250 million homes on Come four on. continents, Come on. six days a week. Uh, God told me in the pandemic immediately, he said, Frank, you've been in my army, but I need you in the Air Force. And that's when we took back the airwaves, the podcast, the radio show, the TV mini. And we did it by faith. I got saved by faith. I live in faith. I left my job by faith. And all we have is faith. But see, faith is better than favor all day long. See, the difference between flavor and favor, flavor is a taste made by man, but favor is a touch from God. And it is better to have the favor of God than be flavor of the month by man. So when I came up with the hourglass, the sand of time was almost slipped through. And if we're not in the bottom of the ninth, Pastor Caleb, we're in the top of the ninth. God gave me a word, ministry minus urgency equals catastrophe. If you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. So the first chapter of my book, everyone was telling me in April of last year, you got to write a book. And brother, I wrote, I typed 235 pages in five weeks. Wow. I was reading it as I was typing it. No notes in my 20 years on Capitol Hill and then also on staff with Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I got an honor award at the United Nations. My dad protected eight presidents. I served in a volunteer capacity in four White Houses. I was the youngest in 40 years to work on the floor of the United States Senate. I was a speechwriter to the House Majority Leader of Congress. I was an aide to the governor of Maryland. I also did two years with the U.S. Capitol Police. So when you add connections with Hollywood, uh, the United Nations, four White Houses, 150 years of detectives and protecting presidents in my blood, uh, you can connect the dots. And I'm not out to cause any trouble But when everyone else sat down scared, I stood up and shouted, 
Jesus is our only hope. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes Come to the on. Father but through him. And But we were rolling to tell you I got a word from the Lord. When God is blessing, you better believe the devil is going to start messing. And so we wrote 235 pages in five weeks. A year ago, last week, um, my dad and I, on the Saturday before the 4th of July, I'm on a two-lane bridge, two miles long, 200 feet up in the air, above the water, separating two states. And uh, even the press uh, Pentecostals don't believe in purgatory. Can I get an amen? But I was between <laughs> Maryland and Virginia on top of a bridge. And my car died the Saturday before the 4th of July, tied up traffic for over two hours. Couldn't even get a tow truck up there. And when I finally got my car on the other end of the bridge in another state, um, we went to a convenience store after the tow truck, got a couple bottles of water. I look at the receipt. It's $6.66. I'm like, I know, Satan, you've been kicking me. My car's in the shop. My mom comes to pick up my father and I. The perfect day with dad and I is obsolete. It doesn't happen. It's a hundred degree heat. And the next day I drive all the way to Tampa, Florida with my son, a thousand miles. And I was invited to preach for my good friend, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. And he was the first pastor in America to get arrested, not for selling crack, but serving Christ and having church in a pandemic with a 99% survival rate. Will the real Christians and clergy stand up, stop setting out for the next stimulus check So I'm preaching at the man of God with the word of God, and they air it to 60 million homes. And they said, yeah, we just aired that live. I'm like, praise the Lord. I'm glad you told me after. I may not have been quite as bold. (laughs) But I mean, Governor Newsom, California, he's out, got his wineries open, strip clubs are open, everything's open but the church. And, you know, the Bible said, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, Governor, go ahead and shut down the wine, and let me talk to you about Jesus, you know, pure wine, you know, the true wine. And you don't need the king of beers when you got the king of kings. And we all say, amen. (laughs) So the wild thing is, is I get home, drove another thousand miles back. I drove 2000 miles in three days. And I get back and Caleb, Microsoft Edge started downloading an application on my computer and my heart dropped. And I saw some files misconfigured and I thought this is not good. And would you believe it deleted the 235-page book, the entire manuscript that was a month away from being edited in final chapter, and the the book was to come out last October. And, I mean, I didn't know to die or cry. And so the first Saturday, my car dies. The second Saturday, my book is dead. And you can't make this up. The next week, I mean, I was grieving. I felt like my best friend died. I couldn't even put on social media. You're not going to believe it. Everyone was praying for me. I can't wait to get this book. I know God gave you a word. And and I, not everybody reading your social media post is your friend. Come and uh, not everybody loves God and country. And I didn't want to give the enemy a victory, but I didn't want my friends to think, Lord, he, he made the whole thing up. He, he didn't even write a chapter. I mean, I was literally about done. Well, the third Saturday, I wake up, and the Lord said, go walking. And uh, let off some steam, exercise, just clear your mind. And I took one step out of my house, 7 a.m. that Saturday, third Saturday in a row. And I'm in a T-shirt, shorts, and bare feet. I'm going to put on my tennis shoes in the garage, and I'm going to go walk, hear from the Lord. And God, you gave me an assignment. Why is this not going so well? And uh, I took one step out of my house, Pastor, scraped my left foot, and I'm thinking my son left a a plastic toy or a metal object cut my barefoot coming out. 
And would you believe it is a four foot snake coiled on my top step? And mm. he bit me coming out of my house. I have two fangs on my left foot. And all I could think of was Paul and Silas when they got bit in axe and threw the viper back in the fire. I could hear Jesse, the body Ventura from our governor of Minnesota saying, I ain't got no time to bleed. So in three successive Saturdays, my car's dead. The book is dead. And we either now got a dead author or a dead snake. I'm trying to see if it's poisonous at <laughs> 701 in the morning. And you talk about snake bit. And I'm going to be frank with you because my mom didn't name me Jimmy. But I was afraid to come out of the garage for two weeks because if there's wow. one, there's two. And I'm thinking, how in the world did the snake get in my garage? And uh, so this is how God, you know, I knew God was on it, but I also knew the devil was on it. But I also believe if God before you, who can be against you? So we had to restart it again. So the prelude basically says, I've lived it once. I've already wrote it twice. Wow. But the third time is going to be a charm. It will be a game changer for some a life changer for others. I'm convinced souls will be saved. Um, you know, there's a chapter in there, pandemic or pandemic. Yes, the virus is real. I'm convinced it was biological. It was released on purpose. Uh, the Rockefellers and the Gates and the globalists have been meeting every year in Davos, Switzerland for years. They've been talking depopulation. You know, Bill Gates' father was the head of Planned Parenthood. Bill and Melinda Gates gave $89.7 million to Planned Parenthood. Um, when Bill Gates was a young seven-year-old, he'd sit at the kitchen table. His father said a word that was music to his ears, depopulation. And a TED Talk about 2016, Gates said if we do the vaccines correctly, we can eliminate 10 to 15 percent. I'm thinking, OK, is the philanthropist, the billionaire, is he talking about reducing the debt? No, he's reducing people and see i used to be on staff with billy graham the far left looks at bg bill gates like those on the right revere bg billy graham but bill gates with his own words said he wanted to depopulate the earth my former boss billy graham wanted to populate heaven and in love bill gates is no billy graham um you know the interesting thing is the holy spirit told me in advance the same folks that patent the virus would actually already have the vaccine Wow. All that was proven true. Wow. Last April, I think it was April 6, I reached out to the White House Deputy Chief of Staff through social media, and I said, anything with Gates, Fauci, or the virus is wrong. I said, I know y'all are smarter than me. I volunteered in four White Houses. I don't know if anyone's going to read this, but I know that I need to stand up and step out when I see something. The next day, Fauci was removed from all the White House press conferences. The next day, President Trump suspended half a billion dollars from the WHO. The next day, Bill Gates hit the fan, goes crazy, saying, how dare the president have the audacity to subtract half a billion dollars when we need it more than ever. And wow. the interesting thing is, is um, someone joked they gave $250 million to Franklin Graham's American Purse, $250 million to the American Red Cross. Someone said, wow, you don't even get a dime for a finder's fee. But wow. newsflash, this evangelist has never been in the ministry for the money. But wow. I just was connecting the dots. I'm not here to say Frank Shelton saved the republic. I'm not even here to say that the White House Deputy Chief of Staff even read that email. But at least a year ago and a couple months ago, I was able in real time to connect the dots, put two and two together, and boldly stand up, step out, and speak out and say this is a problem. Wow. And then, you know, the new book talks about Dr. Kerry Madaj and Dr. Tenpenny and right. Dr. Julie Mekovitz. And, 
you know, we're not out to bash anyone. I'm going to say for the record, Gates needs God. Fauci needs the Father. Biden needs the Bible. And Trump needs the Trinity. You know, we're so busy playing checkers. The real battle is at the chess tape. You know, I get so frustrated. I'm flying to preach at the Alabama Baptist Convention, shake the house. We'd almost see pastors get saved. And all they want to talk to me is about Auburn or Alabama. Is it War Eagle or Roll Tide? I mean, they're so busy playing at the checkers table. The real battle, the big game, is Satan versus the Savior. It's the Lord versus Lucifer. And we got to get off the temporal. we got to get focused on the eternal. And 777 is bigger than 666. And right. so, you know, well, yeah, go ahead. I want you to speak. Well, I want to, I want to just recap because you, you've said so much that's so powerful. And I know the listeners are tuned in right now. And I want you to continue in that flow. But you've got over 20 years on Capitol Hill. You've got the ancestral lines, 150 years D.C., You've got this book, Urgency, Heaven or Hell, really, good versus evil, God you know, God and, and Satan, this war. We know that the triumph is in Christ, and we've got so much deceptive, deception just running rampant in the earth. And God prompts you, listen, you've got the history, you've got the bloodline, you've got all these aspects that I've armed you with to speak to this clearly. At least that's what I hear in what you're saying, Frank. And so suddenly you... you Get on the computer, you're writing this book, and then the warfare breaks out because the enemy has always been on a mission to silence truth at any level. And so you lose the book, you get bit by a snake, your car, you know, is dead, and you got, and, but here you are, you press forward, you rewrite this, and we're starting to see, obviously, some of the things you were saying, letters sent to the White House, that what you've been saying this whole time has been true, but the enemy has not wanted this in print form in any way, shape, or form, really, but especially in print form. And you have rewritten it, you've completed it, and you've addressed, and that's kind of where you're at right now on this pandemic versus plandemic. And in a moment, we're going to talk about blood sacrifice, and I'll ask you about that and, and, and the deep state and some of these things that are really controversial to some. They don't want to discuss it, but I believe that God has mantled you this hour to address some of these hard topics, whether people can wrap their minds around it or not. But you've lived and you've worked, born and raised in D.C. You've seen a lot, Frank. And I so appreciate you just boldly speaking into this. So right where you're at right now, I want you to continue. But that pandemic versus plandemic, some people think that's some type of conspiracy theory. And I've been around you enough you know, to know. I'd love for you to speak to really the, even the origin of a conspiracy theory. Because as soon as you don't agree with the government— you get thrown into this category, and some can't wrap their minds around whether or not this is pandemic versus plandemic. But I believe that you've got the authority, even in the spirit, to speak to this, Frank. So help our listeners understand this. Well, first of all, keep in mind, Noah was a conspiracy theorist. When God told him to build an ark, he had never seen rain. So he was a conspiracy theorist until it started to rain. So Come when on. it rained down on the earth, he knew that his God reigned above the earth. And uh, the interesting thing is... To be called a conspiracy theorist today is no longer a complaint. It's a compliment. It means they're truth seekers and truth tellers. This is a fact. And the CIA in 1967 coined the term conspiracy theorist because wow. American citizens did not believe what their government was saying, how John F. Kennedy was killed in 63. So the CIA was shamming. Christians, conservatives, and citizens 
who loved God and country, knowing there was more to the story than the report told. And, you know, in 1988, Die Hard with Bruce Willis, there's a scene where Steve Urkel's father from Family Matters is this jovial African-American, almost off-duty cop. He's at a convenience store buying Twinkies. He's a sergeant. He's getting in his cruiser when the call comes in that Bruce Willis is fighting for his life on Nakatomi Towers. And if you recall, the sergeant has a gut feeling that maybe that guy up in the tower is one of his own, but he can't say on the radio that he's a cop, but he has a hunch that he's a cop. And um, he actually is on command, a sergeant, and then his superiors show up. And the sergeant actually said on the radio, I think they're shooting out the lights. And his own deputy chief didn't believe him and said, Sergeant, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, they were shooting out the lights. And in 1988, the terrorists were shooting out the lights. But for the last year since the lockdown, they've been shooting out the lights. Pastors with the backbone, pastors who fear God more than government, um, truth tellers, you know, folks with the backbone. And they've been silencing folks. And when pastors locally were bragging about their online views were up, I said, number one, don't go that route. Number one, Jesus said in Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, as some do, especially in the last days. Come on. Number two, I said, they're going to throw us offline one day. Oh, they won't do that. Fourteen days later, the president of the United States is kicked off social media. If you don't think they can ban the president, they will cut off the preachers. And, and that's why, you know, it's been so hard with spiritual warfare. But yet, yeah, without a doubt, the virus is real. I believe they were really trying to weaken and take out those with already pre-existing injuries. But here's the catch. And, and I'm not normally this bold and God forgives. Um, but if you are aligned to a political persuasion platform or party who is death to babies, death to small business, death to constitution, death to the church, death to the family, death to entrepreneurship, I got to ask why so much death? The devil delights in death. The Lord loves liberty, love, and life. And, and you have to ask yourself, if you're knee-deep in death, you may be on the wrong team. And, and if you are a politician that can't even fight for the unborn, then how can we trust you to have our best interests for those of us who are already born? Come on. So you know, I'm going to go really and, – and this isn't a pro-Trump. I worked in four White Houses of both parties, but I'll compliment when you're right, and we'll take you to school when you're wrong. But when President Trump sends a floating hospital to New York and Governor Cuomo doesn't send a single soul and the hospital beds are empty, but intentionally takes infected people to senior citizens' homes and wipes them out, uh, that's egregious. And it's ungodly. It's uncalled for. And it's un-American. And they failed. And yet he was talking about running for president or writing a book of leadership, LLO. LOL used to mean laugh out loud. Lately, it means lack of leadership. See, a politician thinks of the next election. A statesman thinks of the next generation. And that's why more than ever, whether we're police, pastors, or, you know, whatever God's called us to be, politicians, we need to honor God and we need to stand up for the Constitution. So it's wiped a lot of people out. But I'm telling you that their whole focus was death depopulation, domination, and dollars. There's been more billionaires made while a lot of people filed for bankruptcy. And, you know, a revelation says that in the last days, a sorcery 
will deceive the globe. And the word sorcery in the Greek is where we get the word pharmakia, which is the word pharmacy. And I'm convinced the devil has used this COVID-19, this so-called mandatory vaccination, could very well be the sorcery that the scriptures talk about in the last days. These are urgent hours. And and God gave me a word. I believe there's 38,000 verses in the Bible. The dead center of the Bible, if you cracked it open, is Psalm 118.8, way before Twitter. If you were looking for a fortune cookie with a sermon and a sentence, the dead center of the Bible would be where to start. The Bible says, quote, better to put your trust in God than to put your trust in man. So when I hear all this trust the science, it was fingernails on a chalkboard to me. The Holy Spirit was saying, no, don't trust the science, trust the Savior. And then when you do some background checks on some of these so-called scientists who don't even believe in the Savior who created science, why would you unapologetically or blindfully just sign up when the answer is still in salvation, not vaccination? It's a fact more people were already getting injured, sick, and dying than the last 10 vaccinations combined. And uh, I'm just thinking, you know, the Bible says in the last days— you know, I was saying since last March, the mark today uh, or the mass today could lead to the mark tomorrow. So I, I just really think, you know, God gave me a word. If, you, if you're in a public position, pastor, politician, police, if you didn't have a backbone in 2020, you don't deserve a microphone in 21. And, and God called us to stand for Christ and Constitution, not cave and cower to communism. So I'm just encouraging folks, we need to stand up. Um, you know, when you think of the mask itself in the new book, I got pictures of African-American, African slaves from 400 years ago. This is a fact. The reason the slaves were forced to wear a mask then, because number one, it stripped away their identity. They were forced to have half their face missing because all they saw was their eyes. And the eyes are the window of the soul. In politics, we used to say, well, the eyes have it. And they look discouraged. They look defeated. They look like dead men and women walking because they had lost their identity with the mask. So it not only stripped their identity, it silenced their voice. It silenced their voice. They were told to take it, sit down and shut up. And if you speak, you get whipped. And the other thing is, is um, you know, and, and it also showed allegiance to their masters. And I want to tell my African-American friends and love, you know, you work so hard to get free. And it's like you've allowed them to throw like handcuffs back on your mouth. And God gave me a word. If you lavish in love wearing the mask on your mouth, if you could take an X-ray of your chest, it would show your heart is handcuffed because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The first thing the Lord told Lazarus when he rose him from the dead, he said, unbound him, unloose him, unravel him, unmask him. Because, see, the devil wants us wrapped up. God wants you free. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And that's why I've been preaching. We need to get on the road to Damascus. Can I get an amen? Right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the, the, without a doubt, the pandemic was planned. It's been at it for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to throw another lockdown. Why in the world would you take a vaccine with a 99% survival rate? Only then for the good doctor, Dr. Fauci, to say not wear one, two, continue to do social distancing. But I'm convinced part of this is we're leading into transhumanism. You know, 
these guys want us to be walking billboards. You know, you right. think Big Brother's a problem. Uh, when this surveillance thing is completely rolled out, we're going to have a brand new step family from the B system, whether you signed up for it or not. You know, right. if they do allow to go back to a stadium with 78,000 screaming fans, uh, they will know every single person sitting in that stadium. You know, you're at a Heathrow airport and you get ready to board a flight from London to New York. They will know every single soul in that terminal. You know, if you're at a food court in Minneapolis at Mall of America, they will know every single person. Right. They want to track you. They want to trace you. And uh, if you get out of line, they want to destroy you. That's the agenda okay of the globalist right and it's death and depopulation and it's of the devil absolutely and you know we've we've got the word of god obviously to be the 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 guiding you know really force in all of this what's the bible say i mean you both know that you know the antichrist spirit obviously has been in operation you know for for thousands upon thousands you know of years not to try to date anything but that spirit has been at work since the beginning of time to to really come against anything Christ, anti-Christ. And then we've got this desire, we believe, from globalists and others that want to literally introduce anti-Christ man at some point. You know, we know that Bible prophecy makes it clear there's going to be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, seas are going to roar. But pestilence is interesting to me because sickness, whether it's man-made, biological warfare, lying signs and wonders, we are seeing a foreshadowing of so many things, Frank, in the earth. And what I love about your book, it's really on a collision course to say, hang on here. We've got to expose these things. We've got to call them out. We've got to reveal the reality that when the book of Revelation clearly reveals the number of his name, 666, and we're seeing these markings all over the place, and the Antichrist spirit loosed, you know, really against the church. We know that, you know, the day of the Lord won't even come unless there's a great falling away. And so we're seeing the apostate church begin to rise. We're seeing... Some of this you talked about, the pastor's lack of backbone, lack of standing for the truth. We're seeing a separation between wheat and tares, sheep and goat, light and darkness. A great division hit the earth. I remember when you know, I was praying into 2020, Lord, what do we do? He said, keep my lighthouse open. This will be known as America's great divide. I had no clue how that thing would unravel and all the things that we would see. But these prophetic voices, you know, have been rising in the earth for a long time, warning that these things are to come. And I appreciate the book because it's just calling it what it is. And so we've got some other things I want I want to talk to you about, Frank, because you wrote about them in the book, and it directly becomes this reality that there's been types and shadows and prophetic aspects of revealing some of these things. When you just look at, there's always been a war against the blood, the blood of Jesus, you know, and we've seen that the blood sacrifices and all the satanic things that's happening. And there's a collision course here. We've got, you wrote about the deep state and the deep sleep of the church and really the markings of this, you know, antichrist revealing in the last days. And I want you to speak to that because there's been so many things regarding even this particular pandemic, pandemic that shut down the globe in so many different ways. But we've also seen you know, Hollywood's involvement. And I want you to speak to this, Frank, because I know to some it's going to be an absolute eye opener. It's going to challenge minds to even try to process this. But they've got to recognize, you know, when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, what will be the sign of your coming? He boldly looked at them and said, take heed lest no man deceives you. 
You know, before famines, pestilence, earthquakes, all this, deception is the number one sign in the last days that Jesus is coming soon. So speak to some of the deceptions, maybe even regarding Hollywood and the pandemic and the deep state and blood sacrifice. Well, yeah, it it is in the blood. I just did a radio show in Washington just right before I came on with you. You know, the Battle of the Beltways when the Redskins would play the Ravens or, you know, the New York Giants would play the Jets nine miles from each other. There'd be hype and people would be excited. And it's the Battle of the Beltway. The Battle of the Bulges for those that's still trying to lose weight. You know, you went from a six pack ab to, you know, just it's just. It's just an avalanche of just excess weight, and it's not good, and it's not healthy. But I'm not talking the Battle of the Beltway, the Battle of the Bulge. My message today is the Battle of the Blood. You know, there's power in the blood. We overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And when I say in the book we're so busy playing checkers that we fail to see the real battles at the chess table, you know, people think it's all about, you know, who you vote for or the zip code you live or the shoe you wear, the car you drive. You may not see it until now, but God the Father and that slimy snake has known it since the beginning of time. There's power in the blood, and you're either under the blood of the lamb or the blood of the beast. Ten years ago, I was invited to be an extra in the Dark Knight movie, the Batman movie. The Holy Spirit said absolutely not. I didn't see a promo. I didn't see a poster. I didn't see press. I didn't see a video. Um but the Holy Spirit said no, and I'm the guy that likes to shine on the light in the dark. I'd like to try to minister to Hollywood. And the Holy Spirit said, but you won't be in this one. And then when the movie came out, the villain, I believe his name was Blaine, he's wearing this mask. It was diabolical. It was demonic. It was foretelling. It was under the battle, the blood of the beast. And and the interesting thing is now I stood up so strong because now I knew what was in my spirit a decade ago. And I'll just give you an example. I think we've been so busy, Pastor Caleb. Indirectly, subliminally, or flat out worshiping Hollywood stars when the answer is in the Son of Heaven. Um, when you hear the word goat, the greatest of all time, unless you're talking about God, then you've made an idol, and God shares no glory or idols with anyone. It's blasphemy. Plus, the goat is symbolic of Satan's head. So if you're going to say the goat, it better not be talking Ali. It better be the Almighty. You know, don't mm-hmm. say Jordan. It better be Jesus. You know, you're talking Brady, but it's really the Bible, you know. And so Kobe and LeBron. And so the interesting thing is um, there are secret societies. The Illuminati is real. My dad graduated from the FBI. He was one of America's top cops with America's police department. Um, you know, these are just not thought out carefully statements. It, it's true. It's sad. It's scary. But if you're under the blood of the lamb. You not only have hope, you have victory. But if you're under the blood of the beast, apart from the blood of the lamb, you have no hope. You have no victory. And hell's too long to be wrong. I'll just paint a picture with Kobe real quick. I was a chaplain at the 2012 Olympics. Some of the guys got pictures with Kobe, LeBron. I met Tony Parker, who was married to Eva Longoria. He played for Team France, but he was from San Antonio. And we're ministering as chaplains to the Olympics. It was great. And I've always admired Kobe. He was amazing. I grew up in Jordan's era. I still think MJ is amazing. But here's the catch. Even Jordan needs Jesus. Um, Kobe needs the king. But when you break it down, the word Kobe, his name in Hebrew spells COVID, C-O-V-I-D. Say that again. Say that again. Well, the name Kobe, K-O-B-E in Hebrew 
spells COVID. It's interesting that the cemetery, Google, where he is today, is in Corona Beach, California. You cannot make this up. I was preaching for the man that was best man at Rick Warren's wedding, Orange County, California, the last week of February 2020. I was in California when the funeral celebration life service at the Staples Center for Kobe Bryant. The front page of the L.A. paper that day, top left corner, Kobe Bryant dead in helicopter. On the right side front page is this corona travels across America. And the interesting thing is, is when Kobe played ball, when you think of the word block mamba, mamba is symbolic of the snake. But if you look at the logo that was on the side of his shoes of the helicopter, it is the baphomet. It is the goat head. It's the face of Satan. Number three, when Kobe scored his career high, 81 points, it was the 666th game of his career. He had a workout plan called 666, where he practiced or played six days a week, two intervals, three times a day, six hours a day. And he was amazing. But where there is an anointing for the Christian, I believe there's a demonic demented anointed for those with the devil you have to remember satan is a counterfeit he is a xerox he's an elvis impersonator but he's not the king but sadly he's duped not only a third of the angels to follow him but there are a lot of gullible so-called christians and clergy that are clueless callous and i don't know what's worse complicit to the devil's devices the bible says we can't be ignorant of the devil's devices so kobe's last game His last jumper, he shot over a guy that was wearing 41. When they took him out for a standing ovation, his last game with the Lakers, they didn't take him out at four seconds. They didn't take him out at five seconds to a capacity crowd standing ovation of adulation. They took him out at 4.1 seconds. The interesting thing, I'll just go from here, South Park Comedy Central showed a cartoon show Four years in advance, if you Google right now YouTube, Kobe Bryant helicopter cartoon crash, it showed that Kobe Bryant would die in a helicopter crash four years before it went down. The show was the eighth show of the season. Kobe wore eight on his jersey for half his career. The show was actually called End of Days, and the premise was you will lose on the road, but you can't come home. Kobe grew up in Philadelphia. His dream at one time was to play for the 76ers. Kobe's the third all-time leading scorer in NBA history. And he's in the crowd in Philadelphia when Lakers and LeBron are playing on the road against Philadelphia to see his friend LeBron perhaps that night surpass his record. The interesting thing is the Lakers come to town to Philly. LeBron does beat Kobe's record. They hug, they high-five, there's respect. But the interesting thing is the Lakers lost on the road to Philly. The next day, Kobe died in a helicopter. The interesting thing is they played at the 76ers, and the Russian helicopter was a Siskorsky 76 chopper. When he left that morning at 9.05 Sunday morning, California local time, from John Wayne Airport, they were in the air Caleb, for 41 minutes. It crashed on the 4100 block 
of Kabbalist California, and the word Kabbalist in numerology spells 41. Kobe Bryant's name in the occultic numerology, Kobe Bryant spells 67. Staples Center, where he played for the Lakers and had his funeral, spells 67. Alicia Keys, Grammy winner, who sang at the funeral, her name spells 67. And the word blood sacrifice in the occultic witchcraft Illuminati, darn if it doesn't spell 67. See, those who dance with the devil are not smiling when the music stops. We could go on and on and on. And that's why the church has been horrible going after the prominent and the powerful. We're great at going after the poor, but we failed after going after the powerful. That's why for the last four years, I lead a weekly Bible study to state senators and our state capital. We're influencing influencers. We're ministering to the powerful because even the rich need Jesus. And so, you know, you look at Whitney Houston. Kobe Bryant died the night before the Grammys. Whitney Houston died the night before the Grammys. She was found dead in her bathtub in the hotel suite in the Beverly Hills high-end hotel. And they left her body for 11 hours in the hotel room without even taking her out, without the coroner, without the LAPD. And 11 is a cultic number. And the interesting thing is while they were partying like there's no tomorrow, knowing she was dead. I mean, I don't even know how you could smile, much less dance. But the next day at the Grammys, they already had her tribute tape. But that beautiful woman who sang better than anyone, the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl, who was with Kevin Costner and the Bodyguard, who sold more albums than almost anyone, that angelic, beautiful face, the picture that they used and ran with the night of the Grammys was blasphemy. They have a picture of Whitney on the cross. And see, they deal with symbols, you and I do with words, and they were showing to a worldwide audience that the bigger the star, the greater the blood sacrifice. See, Jesus shed his blood that we would be free. Satan wants to drink your blood to feed his ego. You're either under the blood of the lamb or the blood of the beast. You know, I think of Heath Ledger played the movie Joker. He died the week before the movie came out. They always say it's either pilot error or an overdose. They blame the overdose on Whitney and Heath, uh, but the helicopter crash, it's not the fog. It's pilot error. Um, It was the perfect storm. It's interesting enough that Kobe actually had a lawsuit going on simultaneously that he probably would have won with the big pharmaceutical company. And the interesting thing is so Heath Ledger is playing Joker He's died. You know, I think of Paul Walker from Fast and Furious fame. His first movie is actually called The Skulls. Go to Netflix. A secret society will give you everything you want, but it comes with a price. Fifteen of 45 U.S. presidents have been Freemasons. Three were with the Skull and Bones. George W. has been with the Skull and Bones. His daddy was with the Skull and Bones. They're from Yale. It's an initiation. And the interesting Paul Walker's first movie 13 years ago is The Skulls. He does an initiation. They have to climb into a casket. He goes from light to death, from dark, uh, from light to darkness. He basically sold his soul to Satan. They branded his wrists with a hot iron. There is skull and bones permanently on his wrist. He's been marked, not for the master, but for the devil. They start giving watches out high end. They didn't give a Rolex. They give a Breitling. 
They start throwing out cash like it's candy. They start giving away cars. One guy got a Ferrari. One guy got a Benz. One got a Beamer. One got a Vet. Paul Walker gets a red Porsche in his first movie. In the movie, he dies at the end of the movie. Fast forward 13 years, a week before Fast and Furious 7 comes out. He's in a $250,000 red rare Porsche. They lose control. They hit a pole. They are cremated in the car. It's predictive programming. They showed you in his first movie, in a red Porsche, he dies at the end of the movie. Is it a coincidence that he dies in a red Porsche? See, I think we've been worshiping folks, and if you pulled the curtain back, one, they need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Rihanna needs the Redeemer. Jay-Z needs JC. His brand, Rockefeller, is from Rockefeller, and it's part of the globalist elite, the secret society you know, have sold their souls. And and we are worshiping folks. And we just thought, wow, if we could just be them. And then when you realize that even them may not know him, you know, that's why I want to have a Bible study in Hollywood. That's why I want to have a Bible study with politicians. That's why I want to have Bible study in Wall Street. Influencers need to be influenced by Emmanuel. And, you know, we need to walk and talk for Jesus. So we're not out to hurt the stars. I pray for Kobe's family. Um, but when you really start thinking, wow, what would a profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I was told Kobe made $323 million in his career. This just came out. His physical trainer was named Tim. He was the physical trainer to Michael Jordan. His other client was Kobe Bryant. He was with the best of the both. And the interesting thing is he recently said in ESPN last month, quote, I was invited to a restaurant with Kobe. I'm following Kobe to dinner. It's just the two of us. We're at an upscale restaurant. Kobe says, quote, I'd like a table for four. And he's thinking, well, it's just Kobe and I. Maybe we got friends coming. They sit down. The waitress comes up and he says, I want drinks all the way around. I need drinks for four. And he's thinking, well, it's just me and Kobe. Five minutes later, two tall guys come up. Oh, Kobe Bryant, good to see you. Can we sit with you? He said, guys, I'm sorry. The seats are taken. And now his trainer, his longtime friend, is really confused and says, boss, I don't mean to second guess or speak out of lane, but are you expecting anyone else? And he said, quote, no. He said, I used to hide them. The other drinks are for my alter egos. Quote, these are my demons. They made me who I am. And I buy drinks for everybody. And guys, I'm telling you, if you dance with the devil, you're not smiling when the music is up. And so that's why I'm getting back to the blood. That's where it's always been since the Garden of Eden. You look at the back of your iPhone. 20 years ago, the Holy Spirit said, don't tell me these guys making the Apple computer is mocking the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. And as I researched the book, I found out it was true. The first campaign for Apple computers actually said, quote, take a bite into Apple. B-Y-T-E, computer bites. Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. They took a bite into what God said, no, you can have all this except for that. See, it wasn't the apple in the tree. It was the pear on the ground erected for humanity. But true story, it's documented. It's in the book. You know what the first advertising for Apple, guess how much they sold the first computer for? $666.66. They don't even try to hide it anymore. And uh, I pray for the stars. 
they need the sun. And, uh, you know, but I didn't really pick this book. I didn't pick the battle. Um, God told me to stand up. And the fact is, Caleb, I wanted to join the Secret Service. Matter of fact, the special agent in charge at the interview looked at me and said, Frank, you'd make one beep of a special agent. <laughs> and uh, But you know what? At one time with five generations of my family who directly or indirectly protected the president, my dream was to protect the president. But when God had me quit my job by faith in 2007 without a salary, retirement, health insurance to preach the gospel, when the pandemic hit, I felt like God said, well, maybe I wasn't going to protect the president. But for everyone reading the book, maybe I was called to help protect you. And uh, I believe it's going to be a game changer. We give God the glory and you don't work that hard for a lie to have the book deleted, a car dead and bitten by a snake. And still stay up to 4 a.m. writing a book that I could have gave up on it. But I can't give up on God, and I won't give up on you. Come on, Frank. You, you've you've exposed so much. A lot of what you're talking about and more is in this book, Urgency. It's I believe it's a one-of-a-kind book. I, I don't think you can just go find a book like this on any any bookshelf and any store. There really has to, I believe, has to be an anointing to write this, a mantling to address some of these topics, as well as his own, you know, Frank, your own bloodline, 150 years of, you know, D.C. police, the connection on Capitol Hill. You've seen so much, and I keep going back to that, and then now you're in the process of exposing so much, and you you mention in your book, you talk about the deep sleep of the church. It's almost like all these things are just radically happening, and you know, you've got cancel culture running crazy and you've got, you know, any, any type of truth like this that comes forth immediately, you know, fact checkers want to act like it don't exist. And here we are in a major war, spiritual battle in the last days. We've got the church contending for the greatest move of God the earth has ever seen. We're believing for there was a first great awakening, a second. Some say the third is happening. Some say we're believing for that final. I don't care what you call it, but I do know the word of God says I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh in the last days. My sons and daughters shall prophesy. And we know that Acts was a fulfillment of that, but I don't believe the church is going to go out without the latter and the former rain converging to some degree. And it doesn't mean the whole globe is going to be saved, but I do believe that God's going to pour out his spirit. But simultaneously, we've got a real battle on our hands and darkness is is really pressing its way into so many churches, so many lives, so many pastors, you know, and as we as we wrap up this podcast in just a moment, I'm going to ask you in a moment how to get this book and, and the date release. But before we get to that, Frank, I want you to maybe take a moment, just a minute or two, address this deep sleep that's on the church. And then for those listeners that they've had their eyes open, their 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 spirits have been checked by so much of this truth that's been released that it's hard to even process in the mind. Some may walk away from this podcast discombobulated unless there is a clear sound and a clear gospel and a clear and you you've you've really done an amazing job tailoring the truth within this and calling people to Jesus but I'd love for you to take a moment address the deep sleep of the church where we're at and then a clear 2 to 3 minute gospel message to those that are listening that really need to just surrender they need to get away from living for this world being bound by worldliness or those that are playing this lukewarm Christian game that's really not Christianity at all. Jesus said, I'll vomit out the lukewarm. And so I'm looking for that clear clarion call to a generation that 
urgency is now. It requires swift action. If so many things are being exposed and revealed and deception is running this rapid, what's the response of the church? Where's the church at? And how can these people that might be listening that aren't right with God get right immediately? Amen. Well, someone asked Billy Graham, who never made fun of anyone publicly, and I think probably also personally, but he was listening one time to a young pastor preach, and a local pastor leaned over and said to Dr. Graham, what do you think of this young minister? And it was one of the rare times Billy Graham said, quote, he'll never make it. And they said, uh, Dr. Graham, why would you say that? Do you like detect a moral failure? And Billy Graham said, no, he'll never make it because there's no urgency on his message. See, Billy Graham preached as if he had 30 minutes to make a point. A lot of clergy for too long preach as if they have 30 years to make a point. Jesus said, today is the day of salvation. And when I talk about the deep sleep in the deep state, what's worse Um, The government is corrupt when you have three letter agencies that are coming as attack dogs to attack Christians, conservatives, citizens with a conscience who love God and country. Just because someone doesn't think or vote like you, that's diabolic. It's demonic and it's dead wrong. But what's even more disappointing than the deep state is the deep sleep. See, the deep state doesn't know any better when it's driven by a car by the devil. You can expect it. It's disappointing. But we live in an imperfect world. But the deep sleep, you know, even Jesus had a Judas. Not everyone in your crowd is in your corner. And Jesus told his disciples three times at Gethsemane, can you stay awake this one hour? Well, if a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day, I felt like last year in the lockdown, he was just saying with love but with tears, can you just, the church, stay awake this one hour? And to be quite honest, most of them continue to sleep behind the wheel. And see, they have resembled written van winkle more than the redeemer you know jesus said when i return will i find faith god gave me a word on every porta potty pastor caleb is a sign we either say vacant or occupied and this is in the book if it's occupied it usually stinks to high heaven because people have been inside taking care of business can i get an amen come on (laughs) but what the lord told me since good is called bad and upside down is par for our culture. The Lord said, what stinks to the nostrils of the Nazarene and what stinks to high heaven is not the church the past year who's been occupied taking care of business. It was the mega church who was vacant playing it safe opposed to preaching Jesus saves. I mean, I get people from all over America sending me private messages. Frank, you know, our church bragged that we were running four and 5,000. We were so-called so big, but they had no spine. They were catering to the CDC more than JC. They were more worried about the WHO than who called them to begin with. And I'm just saying they're complicit. They've handcuffed themselves, and they're going to have to account to God. Well, the real pastor, you know, you're either legit or you need to quit. You need to repent. I'm going to throw it out there. The same churches for years who said, well, we don't believe in revival, are the same churches that need a revival the most. And if you're a pastor, I just want to tell you, God loves you, but don't throw in the towel. But number two, you may have not had a revival in years. For some, it may have been false theology. For some, it was personal insecurity. For some, it was professional jealousy. You want to get right with God? Get in your prayer closet and circle a couple dates on the calendar and say, I'm going to bring in a guest speaker. One of the problems we're struggling in Christianity today, Caleb, 
is pastors will only promote something if it personally blesses their ministry. And until you can get out of the platform to let a man of God get in the platform who has an assignment and an anointing directly from heaven, you know, if you genuinely want a move of God, Reagan had a sign in the Oval Office. It's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. So I just want to tell you, there's a lot of good evangelist friends like myself that would love to come. You can go to frankshelp.com. We never ask the size of your church and the size of your bank account. All we need is invite. We can work with small venues, but I cannot work with small thinking. Now's the time to swing for the fence. So, you know, one of the chapter talks about occupy till I come. Another chapter is the stand. We took a stand when most sat out for the stimulus check. Jesus said, having done all, stand. Um, I like where Steve Strang's new book basically talks about standing strong in these last times. And, uh, you know, we're on the same page. And uh, so I just want to encourage the listeners, pray for your pastor. They're under attack. But I'm telling you, coming to Jesus is easy as the ABCs. Come on. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. But here's the catch. The demons believe but tremble with fear. It's not just believing Jesus is real. It's confessing with your mouth that you're a sinner, that your sin separates you from a holy God. And you can die under the blood of the beast and go straight to hell. Or you can repent, be washed in the rich, red, royal blood of Jesus. And he took my dark, dirty sins, mixed them in his rich, red, royal blood. Come on. And comes out like new fallen snow. I didn't say this, but the fact is, you knew we had lineage with American kings because Washington said it succinctly, there'll be no king but King Jesus. That's why we broke away from England. But the Sheltons come from the UK. We're from England. And I was out in front of Buckingham Palace during the Olympics. And my family were actually policemen from Nottingham, where's the town of Robin Hood, 300 years ago. And where it gets really wild, Caleb, I don't know if I told you, but it was Anne Boleyn Shelton, who was married to King Henry VIII. He married her, divorced her, beheaded her. But my family, my lineage, my ancestors, my bloodline is with the Queen of England and also American presidents. But I am royalty, not because I'm linked to a queen or earthly kings, because the blood of the lamb and his perfect blood that was shed on the cross with three Roman soldiers and three nails is what cleansed me, which is greater than a resume. Yeah, I've been on Air Force One and I've flown on Air Force Two, but I'm first class on Southwest Airlines. They don't even have first class. It's because Jesus has saved my soul. It's because I have a home in heaven. I'm a kid of the king, and my past is forgiven. My future is secure. My reservation has been made, and the Hyatt in Hawaii has nothing on a house made by a carpenter. If he made the world in seven days, can you imagine what your home in heaven will look like? Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it wasn't true, I wouldn't have told you so. 
and there where I may be, you may be also. If God made the world in six days and sat down, can you imagine? The house on cribs has nothing on what a carpenter who is perfect has been making for 2,000 years. And that's not prosperity. That's biblical reality. You cannot outgive God and you cannot lose for the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, if you're here today and you feel like you've blown it, well, the fact is you have. But if you're not dead, God's not done. Jesus Christ got up on the cross, and that's why I follow him. Muhammad didn't get on the cross. Buddha didn't get on the cross. Confucius didn't get on the cross. Religion didn't get on the cross. Jay-Z didn't get on the cross. Denzel didn't get on the cross. Jordan didn't get on the cross. Schwarzenegger didn't get on the cross. And the Pope didn't get on the cross. Mother Teresa didn't get on the cross. Jesus Christ alone got on the cross, and he died not for his sins. He died for our sins while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. He who knew no sin became sin, and they put him in the tomb. And on the third day, he rose over sin, death, and the grave. And I've been to the tomb of Jerusalem, and it's the only tourist attraction in the world where folks come from miles around to stand in line and look at absolutely nothing. Because we don't serve a dead God. We serve the living Lord. I spoke to him this morning. He's alive. He's well. He's in charge. And he's on his way. And here's a word for someone. If you'd like to trust Christ, just receive this prayer with Caleb and I. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. But you're the Savior. I heard that Jesus died for the world. But I realized today on this podcast, if it was just me, Christ would have died for me. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to repent from my past. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to live for you. Be my best friend. Save my soul. And I'm trusting you by faith. Take me to heaven when I die. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And guys, I don't believe God is done yet, but time is almost out. And the word of the day is, while many are looking for the return of Trump, You do better to listen to the sound of the trumpet because presidents come and go, but the king is on his way. Come on. Come on. Frank Shelton, thank you for being just a a clear trumpet on this podcast. I mean, you've you've said so much, you've exposed so much, but there's been a great charge as well to, to get right with God in this urgent moment. Your book, Urgency, Heaven or Hell, is coming out soon very soon tell us the potential date release yeah how well, our listeners by, can get a hold of yeah. that book when this book airs you could be go on amazon right away and you should be able to get it immediately at worst comes the worst pre-sales go ahead and buy it and uh, it's going to rock your world and then uh it will be out bookstores nationwide borders books of mirror um amazon.com you know it's you can buy it immediately um, you can also go to frankshelton.com. I got a blog. You can click if you want an autographed copy. I'd be glad to get it in your hands. Ultimately, I want to get it in your heads, want to get it in your hearts, want to get it in your homes. Uh, buy one for yourself, two to give away. I'm telling you, I went through hell to give you a little bit of heaven. And we're not out to sell books, but we got a story to tell. There's power in the blood. Come on. And ministry minus urgency equals catastrophe. Man. And I'm honored as well, Frank, to write an endorsement to this book. I'm excited to even be able to carry it myself when I minister because I want to see this in the hands of people. It's going to open up, I believe, so much. And and the warfare, like you said, that you went through, thank you for, for standing 
and and really walking in the reality that no weapon formed against you or your ministry is going to be able to prosper. And every tongue that even rises up against you, I believe the hand of God is going to condemn. And so thank you so much for your faithfulness, for writing the book twice so that... <laughs> You know, the whole earth can be impacted by what you're carrying. And so thank you for that. And before I uh, pray over us and just and if I just want to close out the podcast, I'm also want to introduce to you the call for strong, godly leadership Amen. with forwarded actually by Frank Shelton. That's on the podcast right now. He hosts um, by faith a radio and television program. He mentioned it reaches 250 million homes, four continents. And so. They can catch your show. I want you to mention that really quick, and I'll say something else about the book. But how can they tune in to By Faith, Frank? I know some of the listeners may want to tune into that. So that's an actual TV yeah, show. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. If you go to frankshelton.com and click the far right link at the header TV and radio, all of the channels, all of the networks can be found. But just on a thumb scale, if you have Direct TV or Dish, we're on four times Monday, um, on. every Thursday. I'm on the Now Network at 5.30 p.m. Um, every Friday at midnight noon, we're airing to Pakistan to millions. We're in front of 210 million every Sunday morning on Faith TV. It goes to U.S., U.K., Africa. I believe Jensen Franklin comes on right after me every Sunday. I'm on Christian Television Network. And uh, they got me on right after Billy Graham Classics every Sunday night at awesome. 9 o'clock. So we've taken back the airwaves. If you'd like to also sow into our ministry, um, you know you can. It's a tax-deductible gift for you. You know, what better chance to be part of the end-time harvest? Help us bring the word to the world. You know, I'm no longer – I used to be a fundraiser for George W. Bush. And at one dinner, Caleb, we raised $29 million. Wow. Um, you don't even get to keep the plate. You know, you think you spend a couple grand for a plate to have dinner with the president. You don't even get to keep the plate. Um, but no one apologized to raise millions for a mere mortal. Um, you know, soon it's going to be all over. Whatever you did for self will pass. What you did for him will last. You know, why don't you sow into eternity? Why don't you help save a soul, snatch it out of hell? And, you know, maybe you could give 25, 50 bucks. Maybe you could give 100. Maybe you're a businessman and I just feel like I'm supposed to send 10 grand and, and God bless you. But, you know, go to frankshelton.com, click donate, and um, I'm not going to apologize to bring the word to the world. I'm the guy that left the salary. I'm the guy that left 20 years with the government. I'm the guy that will never get a pension. So, you know, I was with a major league baseball player one night at dinner and he just signed $253 million. And God bless him. And he's amazing. Um, and he's a godly Christian and, you know, but not one guy on ESPN said he's in it for the money. Wow. And, you know, you get an evangelist that comes to town and lives in a hotel room and gets stuck in an airport and delayed flights. And, you know, you give a guy a love offering and there's always a deacon in the back. Oh, he's in it for the money. You know, sometimes <laughs> there is. But you know what? I'm going to ask you, are you doing it for eternity? Are you doing it for the kingdom? Come are you on. obedient to the Lord? One plants, one waters, the Lord brings the increase. I'm preaching, and you can help reach and grab a check, <laughs> right, Frank Shelton Global, and whatever the Lord leads. And uh, I just want to thank you in advance. Amen. And so, again, that's frankshelton.com. You can sow into that ministry as well as the book Urgency being released in July. 
and then Amazon.com. And then uh, the book he forwarded that I wrote, The Call for Strong Godly Leaderships, available at CalebCooperMinistries.com or CalebCooperBooks.com. It's a compilation of leaders from the church, marketplace, and law enforcement. And Frank Shelton on the line here actually wrote two powerful chapters within this book on leadership to impact your life as well. And so that book just released June 6th. Frank and I are working, uh, co-laboring together. We're just believing God to heal the relationship between the church and law enforcement. And that's something separate and sideline. We're working together. And I just love how God empowers us to move in synergy. You know, synergy is multiplied power through combined force as we're better together. And so we bring our gifts to the table. We labor on the battlefield. And so. And before you pray, I just want to compliment you, brother, because you took a stand. You very well could have gotten possibly arrested and you knew the call of God to preach the word. Even if it meant you getting a prison ministry, you took a stand. So I want to thank you and Sheriff Glenn Hamilton both for standing up. And, um, you know, we're going to seal real soon. Uh, you know, who are the real players and, you know, who basically sold out now playing for the wrong team. So I just, I tip my hat to you. Love to you and your beautiful bride. I love your kids and we had the best time and Lord willing, we'll be back there soon. But if you don't mind, why don't you go ahead and close us out in prayer and God bless all your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you, Frank. And again, frankshelton.com, frankshelton.com. We encourage you to go there. Father, we thank you so much. God, for every single listener, Lord, I know that we opened up so much, Lord. There's been so much revelation. There's been so many prophetic parallels and foreshadowing. God, there's been exposing of demonic powers in the earth. God, that we might expel them in the name of Jesus. God, we recognize the rise of an antichrist spirit that wants to manifest as antichrist man through one world government, one world religion, one world currency in the last days with lying signs and wonders. God, but I thank you that you're raising up the sons and daughters of God. You're equipping them with power, God. You're opening the eyes of their understanding, God. And I thank you for Frank Shelton right now, God, that has really just stood out on the front lines. He's pioneering something in the earth, God, that's going to be a clear sound, a trumpet call to a generation, Father. And God, I say right now, Lord, over Frank, God, that you just put divine supernatural protection around him. God, I ask you to loose the angel armies now, God, as he completes his assignment, God, that no fear, no nervousness, no lies of the devil would be able to creep up in his mind, God, that he would execute full force, God, fearlessly in the earth, God, as a soldier that's dressed for battle. And God, every listener, God, they wouldn't be afraid to share this podcast. Lord, we know that there's some controversial things, but it's time that the church stands up God, that we come against and we cancel, cancel culture with kingdom culture. And God, we declare that right now in Jesus' name, God, that no listener would be afraid or full of fear, but they would fearlessly share this podcast, God, or whatever form, Lord, this this um, interview is packaged in, God, that people would share it like crazy. There'd be a supernatural anointing on it. God, and the book Urgency gets into the hands, God, of every single listener. And we give you the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I want to draw your attention to CalebCooperMinistries.com where you will find multiple books that I've written as well as audio sermon series that are available. The first book I've written is Pioneering Prophetic Patterns of Purpose When Encountering God Leads to Another Encounter. The second book, Jesus Focused, Awakening End Time Prophetic Strategy One Generation Prepared for His Birth the final generation will prepare for his return. The third book, 
the convergence of revival and the king's arrival when end time signs collide with a last day outpouring. Also, I'm honored to join Global Revivalist as a contributing author in the book Igniting Revival Fire Every Day. Once again, that's CalebCooperMinistries.com. Also, I serve as the director of affiliate schools for Fountaingate School of Revival. If you've ever had a desire to earn a degree in biblical studies, you can earn an associate's degree up to a doctorate degree in biblical studies. Please visit our website at fgsor.org.